All right, picture this. You're speaking with one person or a group of people. It could be friends, family, or coworkers. And you're complaining about a situation in your life. Maybe you're even just describing it. And out of nowhere, the other person snipes you with this. Eh, could be worse. The level of contempt that I have for the phrase could be worse is unmatched by most things in the world because it's never a positive thing. The person telling you it could be worse is either trying to shut you down and minimize what it is that you're feeling, or they're just telling you to shut the F up in so many words. Now, I am not a violent person, nor do I advocate violence, but nothing makes me want to throat punch somebody more than hearing that phrase. And for whatever reason, there's this sentiment floating around that just because someone somewhere has it worse than you, that you should somehow feel bad or guilty for being upset about your own situation. You're not allowed to feel what you're feeling because some mythical stranger halfway around the planet has it worse. Yeah, thanks, Bob. The fact that you reminded me of this totally makes me feel better and not at all affected by what I'm dealing with. Everything's great. Thanks. You're the best. Listen, we all know that's not the case, and I'd really like for us to stop using the phrase could be worse in reaction to other people's emoting or complaining. And I'm not saying that like a cancel culture type thing, like you can't say this. I say it because it's a dick thing to say to somebody. In fact, I'd rather the other person say to me, I don't give a flying F about whatever you're dealing with, and I'd really like for you to shut up about it. It would be markedly better than them telling me it could be worse. And something I want to clarify is when I make generalizations about people and I'm using air quotes or society as a whole, I know that doesn't apply to everyone. And this will carry across anything I do, whether it's podcasts, radio stuff, speeches, blogs, anything. There will always be outliers and there will always be anomalies. And I like to refer to the bell curve. And if you have even a 10,000-foot view of statistics or mathematics, you're already familiar with the bell curve. You may have even had a professor that graded on the curve before. But the bell curve, basically, it's shaped like a big bell, like a big dome. And it's used in statistics to represent what is called the normal distribution. In short, when you're looking at a data set, half the values will fall to the right of the average or the mean, which is located at the top point of the bell curve, and half will fall to the left. The standard deviation shows you how spread out the data is. In general, the rule is 68% of data falls within one standard deviation of the mean, and 95% of the data falls within two. So the bulk of the data is in the big part of the curve. There will always be exceptions and outliers that fall outside, and those aren't the people I'm talking about when I make a generalization. And I feel like most normal, sane people are aware of this, but you always have the knee-jerk reaction people that are like, that's not true for everybody. I'm different, or so-and-so is different, or I know... I get it, Sheila. I get it. Relax. And I don't even necessarily think that most people intend to make you feel crappy by saying it could be worse, but that's really the case, isn't it? Like, on top of what you're already dealing with, you now have to deal with the guilt that someone else out there is suffering. Awesome. This is great. Thank you so much. Now, there's one thing I want to make clear. We all know one person, or a handful of people, if you're really unlucky, who can't handle anything about everyday life. They are completely lost at every turn. Everything is a problem. And everything is dramatic. Oh, the drama. I know that one specific person just came to your mind. 
And now you're chuckling and nodding because I said that. You could name them out loud right now. Everything is the worst possible thing that could possibly happen to that person ever in the history of time. It's always, why me? And oh, life is so unfair. And when it comes to these people, I know that your energy is already likely pretty limited, so deal with them how you must. But for the rest of us, let's go over a couple examples that I've heard in the past that are pretty common when uh, we talk about reactions to people suffering. Now, you look at the topic of weather, especially when it's hot out. People love to throw out the military in a could-be-worse scenario. Like, I'm not someone who deals well with heat at all. Once it goes above 78 degrees Fahrenheit, I am junk. I get heat sick. I'm uncomfortable. It's just, it sucks all around. When you complain about the heat, there's always someone that loves to bust out. Well, you know, there were people in the military who were in Afghanistan in 110 degree weather wear and safety equipment. You shouldn't complain. So let's unpack this one. First, I have the greatest respect for our veterans because what they do gives us the freedom to be able to have stupid discussions like this in the first place. And yes, they go through incredibly brutal situations. I think the way in which this country treats our veterans is horrendous at times, and it needs vast improvement because they don't get nearly the support that they should. However, I'm not looking at a nitty-gritty breakdown of what goes into being in the military or being part of a deployment. This is a 10,000-foot comparison of two situations that an individual is trying to string together. And in my experience, this person is not someone who has any connection whatsoever to the military, like no friends or family serving overseas, have never served themselves. It's just someone who wants to lean on some random example to get in your face about something. This person doesn't even actually care that someone is overseas going through this. Possible deployment is something that one deals with because he or she signed up voluntarily. We don't have a draft anymore. So to bring up the mere fact that someone overseas is serving in a really uncomfortable climate, something to which you could likely never relate unless you yourself have been through a deployment, does nothing to relieve you of the discomfort that you're feeling. It doesn't make it any better. And if anything, just serves to make you feel worse about complaining in the first place. You can't imagine what it's like to be in that situation. And you trying to ignore your own discomfort just because someone else has it worse doesn't do anything to help the person overseas either. All it really boils down to is someone trying to shut you up. Like, what are they trying to accomplish by telling you that it could be worse? Nothing, except to make you feel bad about feeling anything in any way at all. You know, another one that people love to throw out is the cancer comparison. If you're not feeling well, maybe you have allergies, maybe you have a stomach flu, whatever. Some incredibly generous person swoops into the conversation to let you know it could be worse because you could have cancer. What? We're talking about pollen allergies here. Yes, obviously cancer is a horrendous disease and the treatment protocols are horrible. I have more close friends than I care to admit that have gone through cancer treatment, which is terrifying in and of itself. Love you guys. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone, nor would they. But to sit there and belittle someone else's experience with an illness and basically invalidate their suffering because someone somewhere is going through a brutal treatment protocol for a terrible disease is ridiculous. It's saying you have no right to acknowledge or lament how you're feeling because someone else has it worse. And like I said with the military comparison, that's not helping either of your situations. You know, if you don't want to listen to someone talk about what they're going through, it's really simple. You can just say you're sorry they're going through that and tell them that you hope they feel better. Easy peasy. 
That's especially useful for the people that I mentioned earlier, for which every single thing is somehow turned into the world being against them. Now, there's another variation of could be worse, and it's be grateful that. It's essentially the same thing. Say your hot water tank dies and you need to buy a new one. There you are telling your friend about it, saying it's a hardship for you because you don't have the money for the new water tank right now. And that person tells you to be grateful because, you know, some people don't even have hot water. But reminding people, especially with that tone, like this is why I'm saying it in that certain tone, because you know the tone, right? It's not just someone gently telling you, hey, you know, some people don't have hot water. Be grateful. There's always a tone to it. Like, well, you know, that does nothing to alleviate the stress of the situation for the person dealing with the hardship. Yes, living regularly without hot water is an awful scenario. But chances are, you might not be someone who's ever had to deal with that. So knowing that someone out there is dealing with it on a regular basis doesn't help you with the fact that you have to spend X amount of money that you don't have on a new hot water tank for your home, for your family. Now, I did mention gratitude. There is much to be said for focusing on gratitude to make things better. It does work and it can help a lot. However, someone who is trying to help you reframe your situation and bring gratitude into the picture to help make things more positive will likely never use the phrase, could be worse. For example, my friend Bridget Briere is someone who has cultivated a very strong gratitude practice. She's someone who's worked very hard at changing the way she speaks because words have energy and they have power. Whether or not you want to believe it, they do. And Bridget is someone who tries to be more positive with self-talk and also tries to avoid speaking negatively or gossiping about others, which I think we all know is kind of challenging. Everyone likes to act like they're so great and I never talk crap about anybody, but like you know you do. When you get in your little circles, you do, and it's hard not to, especially when you get a juicy tidbit of information about somebody. I've tried very hard myself to kind of avoid doing this over the years because it just goes to a bad place. Now, Bridget is someone who would want to help you focus more on gratitude, but I bet you dollars to donuts she'd never use the phrase could be worse. She would have an actual conversation with you to help guide your thought focus to a more positive place. She actually talks a lot about it in her podcast, which is called Socially Responsible, S-O-U-L, and I believe you can find that on all podcast platforms, but she's also at socially responsible on Instagram if you'd like to check that out. My friend Erin Lynch is another person who has an incredible gratitude practice and you may recognize Erin's name because she and her company FMP Productions run the Greg Hill Foundation. Now if I were to complain to Erin about something which uh, spoiler alert I have many times (laughs) love you thank you Erin you know she would either simply listen and empathize giving validity to my feelings or She would ask questions to help guide me to a resolution or maybe even suggest ways to improve my situation. And I am confident that like Bridget, Erin would never simply just say it could be worse or tell me to be grateful because someone else somewhere is going through some mythical suffering. It's all in the intent and the approach. And look, I'm not saying you have to be a therapist for every person who comes to you about an issue with which they're dealing. Not everybody is equipped to listen and help or provide helpful situations. Not everyone is built that way. I'm someone who's an empath. So I absorb the energy. I take it all in. I feel everything. People often come to me for guidance or for simply an ear, whatever it might be, because they know that I'm going to come back either with some kind of gentle nurturing for them, or maybe a little bit of tough love that they know that they need and they can't get any place else. But for the most part, I try to give you a big 
virtual hug whenever I can. Not everybody can do that. There is nothing wrong with that. Maybe you have your own stuff going on and you just don't have the energy or the mental capacity to deal with the other person's stuff. All I'm asking is that you just avoid throwing could be worse out there. There's nothing wrong with letting someone know that you don't know how to improve their situation, but that you understand it's causing them to not feel great. Sometimes people just need an ear, guys. You know, again, there will be the negative Nellies who just want to bring you down because they're feeling down and they don't want anyone else to be happy. But like I said, those are the outliers. And if you try to reassure someone that things will be okay and they push back on you and say, no, no, you don't understand. It's not going to get better. You can simply acknowledge that and say, you know what? You're right. I don't understand because I haven't been in that situation before. But I do hope you're able to find a resolution or some peace soon. So basically, I'm asking you to be a little bit more kind and gentle where you can be, but I also want you to know it's okay to set a boundary too when you need to separate yourself from a conversation. Sometimes it just becomes too much. There is a little wiggle room in the middle. There is some gray area. Just asking you to be as nice as you can about it. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I love you to pieces. I hope everything in your world is going swimmingly. I promise I will speak with you again very soon. And in the meantime, please be good to yourselves and don't forget drink a glass of water.